Brandon Davis, Swan Energy. Imran Khan, Swan Energy. Outstanding. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining the program here. A little mining money this week here on The Crude Life. And a couple different topics. I want to start off with the Dallas Federal Reserve survey. Now, I'm sure you guys haven't had a chance to look at it. It's just it's come out June 24th. So basically, it hit the news cycle yesterday. Uh, I didn't even get to interview the uh, Federal Reserve till this morning. And uh, interesting stuff came out of that uh, particular uh, E&P study or that, that Dallas Federal Reserve study. Uh, just a, a few of the kind of the findings a little bit. 82% of E&P companies were impacted or shut down wells. Service companies got hit pretty hard. Uh, they were looking at, you know, next quarter is, is going to probably bounce back a little bit. And uh, they even asked about the PPP money, and uh, a lot of different companies uh, took it. About half the companies took the PPP money. Only about 5% did not get it that applied for it, 5 10%, something like that. So there are people who did not get uh, PPP money as well, uh, Paycheck Protection Program. But uh, before I get into too much of the Federal Reserve stuff, gentlemen, how you doing? And what's business like down in the Houston, Texas area? Well, it's been a wet week here in Houston. Uh, lots and lots of rain and uh, lots of work. But it's it's been a great week down here, I think. The, uh, the, the rest of the country looks at us and says, oh, there's a, a pandemic and it's an, a hot spot, I guess. But you can't tell by looking around the city. <laughs> so I don't know if that's good or bad, actually. Um, but it's not been a, it's not been a bad week. It's been pretty good. So I'm happy with it. So definitely a productive week. Business as usual, huh? Yes. Sorry to interrupt there. I have to wear a mask to go in and out of my office building now, which thoroughly pisses me off every day. I didn't Um, have it today. I had a lady too. She didn't say anything to me. Interesting. (laughs) How about you, Emron? How's, how's the offices, uh, People normal there? Are they wearing masks? Are you able to uh, operate in a pretty loosely in downtown Houston? It's it's definitely different, you know. I, but the number of people is the same. Uh, it's nice to see. You know, I just did lunch outside, and um, you know, they didn't have any dining, but they did have some chairs outside. So there was quite a few people outside sitting there eating uh, at separate tables. Obviously, everyone was wearing masks. Um, okay. I did go in there without a mask. I didn't say anything, uh, so I was happy about that. I, you know, I prefer not to if I don't have to wear it. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I understand people that that do have that uh, obligation. Sure. I heard today today at noon the governor closed all the bars in in Texas again. Bars are shut down that, for for a bit. That did happen. I was uh, seeing that they were definitely going to do it. He's under a lot of uh, criticism right now in the media. Whether that's who does the media not criticize? Oh, it's everybody, isn't it? You know, the media really. Yes. Hang on, let me grab my notes because I actually went off on the media earlier today, and you guys will probably appreciate this. <laughs> oh, I love the media. Are you kidding me? Oh, I think the media is really responsible for a lot of different things that are going on right here because. You know, the media is supposed to be the eyes and the ears for the people, the fourth estate, and, you know, be the protectors out there. But, man, it's just been a – I mean, it's been – I don't know. It's almost like 
we've just allowed others to use this as noise so we can numb people into submission or something. I don't know. It just seems like it, we're not quite doing our job right now. Uh, as far that as the, only applies now, the, the statement you made about the eyes and ears, if you agree with the with the media. If you disagree with them, you're, you're something else. And there's a lots of different labels that I've heard people have. Um, but but if you don't agree, then you're you're just something's wrong with you. Well, so and that's that, the part that frustrates me. That, that's the part that's really interesting about this is we were talking about how in, in a lot of cases the body of work has been done. And so if you're the media, in, in some cases, if you're trying to just cite, for example, uh, something in the body of work over the last 10 years that's been, do- been done, it gets interpreted as a political spin or something along those lines. And one of the things I wanted to ask you about is we'll transition into this now and maybe go back to the Dallas Federal Reserve study in just a second. But we were talking about some of the bankruptcies that are happening out there from whiting to extraction oil to just six hours ago, Sable Permian Resources now has filed for bankruptcy. And at the same time, you got a lot of the executives getting million-dollar bonuses, and they're laying their employees off and everything else. So on one hand, I, I, I get where a little bit of frustration comes into play, but on the other hand, the market has to correct itself out at some point. So I don't know which one of you two wants to handle uh, that, that topic, but I'll hand the hot potato off to either one of you two. I have never understood uh, how these companies get – so big that they lose focus on what matters and i'll give you an example a few years ago i had a an exit of some big acreage um and uh had a a, an eight-figure payout and the next year my company needed that eight-figure payout put back in all of it and then some um and i turned around and put it all back in the company and uh, probably won't get it back for 10 years uh, but I did that, so my employees still had jobs. So we come, we f- we fulfilled all of our commitments and made good on all of our our our, our promises to people to do work. And these big companies file bankruptcy, and people get bonuses. That's absurd. They should have to pay money back to the company. And maybe if that was the approach they took and the attitude they had, it wouldn't bankruptcy wouldn't be on the table. Some of those guys don't have choices. Um, they have so much debt that there's no there's no way to win. But I, I just don't understand how how a comp package supersedes the rest of the company, the investors in the company, and the employees in the company um, through a bankruptcy. It just doesn't make sense to me. I've never understood that. It's a sense of responsibility, too, right? I mean, I think these folks, you know, there, there's no sense of ownership in some of these cases. And in a sense, you know, they're, they're over-leveraging themselves to the max and maximing, maxing out their payouts. Yeah, that, that's going to cripple a company in, in, in these types of times, end of the day. It almost seems you know, like... Uh, ba- one, more th- one more thing on yeah. that, just, just to be fair, because I can assure you that if if we were able to have, over the years, taken on some of the debt that came knocking at our door that people wanted to push to build, grow the business, and um, we haven't had that opportunity because of litigation here and there that just stopped us from being able to really do that which has ended up being a really good thing because almost all the companies we've worked with have, have filed bankruptcy over the, over the, over the last 10 years, one, one way or the other. Um, so it's, it's, it's not always 
it, it's an easy option is the problem. It's so easy to, to go out and borrow a lot of money with oil assets, especially when prices are high, that um, and when they go down, you're, you're, you're just absolutely screwed. You know, when we were borrowing money, um, we were trying to borrow and stay within about 15% loan to value. So we never really worried about it too much. But when prices went from $100 to $25 in uh, 20, what was it, 2015, um, you know, our, our note got called from a 15% LTV. So, you know, the price moving moves the needle very far, very fast for debt in the oil business. Interesting. Now, 75 years ago, a company files bankruptcy. That's it. They're over. They had to go work for the government because they couldn't get a job anywhere else. Now, it's almost like the government protects companies while they go through bankruptcy. And it's, it's so interesting that it's almost become a strategy. It's almost become a business strategy or part of doing business now because it's just so frequent. It's more and more. And it's really, I don't know, maybe I'm just more sensitive to it over the last 10 years, but it's definitely seen like there's been an increase of them over the last 10 years and the companies stick around. It seems like, I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if you guys want to comment on that part. It, it seems like it's almost become a strategy is what I'm getting at. In some cases, it definitely is a strategy. It becomes a, you know, it seems that the, the idea of bailout is, is always in the background, right? So you know, I think people like to push the edge further and further because of the fact that they know, you know, Big Brother's going to come catch them uh, and, 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 and save them. Uh, you know, you, you think about the how the auto industry went through back in 08, 09, whatever, 07, 08 time, right? I mean, I think the only company that didn't take one is Ford. And to be honest with you, I, I respect Ford for not doing that. Did they get big bank, uh, big bonuses and things like that, too? Um, that that seems like something new in the last five years, where these no, companies. No, all of them got all those. All those Wall Street people had the same thing happen back in in '08. It's why everybody was so pissed off. Is, is they the got big bonuses thing. too? Yes. So here's my question: You guys are smart business people, okay? And I I've only owned a business for over 20 years. I only give out a bonus if they do their job. And so I want to know: Was their job to <laughs> go bankrupt? <laughs> See, I don't, I don't even do that, and I only give out bonuses if someone does something to exceed the expectations of what they already get paid to do. Um, so if they fail, the, the last thing that's going to happen is a bonus. And the first person that stops getting paid in my companies, any of them, whenever things get tight, is me. I quit paying myself before I do anything else with, with payroll, salaries, etc. cetera. Um, and that's how I've always done it. And it, maybe it's stupid. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm doing it wrong, but, you know, that's how I run my business. Well, it's, it's frustrating, too, for a lot of the people because, you know, I'm looking at CEO Brad Hawley of Whiting. They filed Chapter 11 last April, announced it in, what, July or whatever. He got a $6.4 million bonus. And how do you go from being, you know, one of the top Bakken producers to filing bankruptcy and there's a lot of people that are still waiting to get paid on a number of different things. And that's the part that gets frustrating, I think, is the midstream companies, the, uh, you know, the upstream, downstream, salmon stream. A lot of those companies, they don't end up getting paid or they go out of oh, business waiting to get paid. And then you got these CEOs that are getting 
major bonuses. I, I just, it's a tough topic because, um, well, anyway, I, I'd just like to know your guys' opinion on that. You've given it, so. You can, yeah, big bonuses, you know, to be to be awarded for something like Philly. Oh, failure. I, I, don't, I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know. Were you, when you were in high school, did, did they give you, you know, or in college, did they give you, when you got an F, they gave you a thousand bucks? <laughs> no, you had to me. No, in fact, in fact, you had to retake the class, so you had to give them another thousand bucks to to retake the class. It's just, it's just right a back down to that responsibility. It's just an interesting trend that's going on here, and um, more and more, it just it just seems like it's happening. So, wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that, since you got your hands in a lot of different areas. Uh, I was seeing that Tesla's bought some land down in your neck of the woods, outside. Of, I think it was Houston. They're gonna. Start doing some uh, Tesla plants down there, and we got to talk about the movement to renewable energy here at some point. I don't know if we want to do that this week, but part of that is the shut-ins that are happening too. Part part of that is the shut-ins, but the bankruptcies. I wanted to get to that, which is on one hand, you know, like I said, I, I'm not a big fan of these bonuses to CEOs. But at the same time, if I'm the CEO, I'm taking the money. Hey, I'm in America. I want to make as much as I can when I can and yada, yada type thing. I get that. But these bankruptcies that are happening, it almost seems like they should be ha- they, they, they should just let them go because the market needs to correct itself. I just It's different when they can just come back, I guess. Um, talk to me a little bit about your perspective about the market correction and whether these bankruptcies are going to allow that or not. I don't think that it's going to impact the recovery or, or lack. I don't think it's going to impact it one way or the other. Um, I think that if there's good, good production, good wells, that someone will buy it or they will get new financing to move forward with what they have. It will slow down the drilling for a little bit, which will help the price. Um, but overall, it, it, it's just part of the market. And I, it's hard for me to judge anyone for decisions they made. There's obviously reasons for them. Um, for, for, for getting to that point and doing that. And, I'm, I, you know, as far as the bonuses go for uh, the, the, anyone in, involved in a company going bankrupt, maybe it was a prearranged agreement that they had settled out. I don't, who knows? I mean, that's hard to judge. But I don't understand it because I'm not smart enough to. And uh, let's keep it that simple. I, I feel like if I went bankrupt, I would just be done. And that's how I look at it. But um, I don't know. Everyone's takes a little different. Well, that's so. because you're not leveraged, right? If you were leveraged, it would be different because now you've got negative money to borrow money against, more or less. That'd be great. You know, that's why they. That's why but it would also put me in a position to have to potentially file bankruptcy. So. Well, that, that's really the next question is that it, it did seem like the last bailout that happened, the PPP and the CARES Act and, you know, that sort of inverted banker's bailout, if you will, uh, it it did. It almost seemed like it was the leveraged ones who got taken care of first. That's different. That's that's not usually the way it works. No, it's backwards. So anyway, maybe that's it's a. Our whole economy, that, those are the people that have the, all the power and control because they have so much of other people's money in their hands that they have to protect it. It's it's insane. Uh, and, you know, to be honest with you, us talking with different banks in the past couple months, um, just looking to now that prices are lower, looking to do some leveraging. 
a lot of these banks, it's very clear to, to see that their other customers are over leveraging them uh, and they need to help them first before they can come even talk with us. So that kind of goes to show actually in action how this whole thing works, right? Because they've already over leveraged themselves and they're probably, you know, 120% LTV on their asset, right? They get first priority because they want to make bank wants to make sure that there's, you know, there's a way for them to be able to get their money back. It's just interesting. It's like the systems. Well, it's like the system is designed to keep people out. I mean, the the way that they're they can't, like you just said, they they almost can't take on new things because they're so over leveraged in other areas. They it's cannot. Just, I don't. I don't. There's yeah. Some of them just absolutely cannot. Yeah, it's it's a different. It's it's definitely a different time we're living in, and unprecedented times. And again, it's not. It's, this is not, you know, complaining or a couple guys sitting at the end of the bar bitching. This is making some observations, trying to figure out some solutions and, and correct these things and, and move on. And so when, when I look at, you know, really what we're, we're talking about here is, is we're talking about financing. We're talking about ways to raise money. We're talking about different capital forms. We're talking about different ways to generate business. I'm looking at what's going to happen here in the next few months. I see a big boom happening in the ulterior financing uh, world as the PPP money runs out and banks are going to become more stringent than ever. People are going to get pretty creative when it comes to financing over the next six months. I'd like to know your guys' thoughts on that. I think you're right, and I am I'm excited to see what happens. There <laughs> I are am a too. Lot of things, yeah, there's a lot of things moving right now, and I've heard, we've had a lot of conversations that are very interesting as far as the concept behind it and you know i'm i like to be kind of on the edge of of where everybody i don't like to just follow everyone else i, I kind of try to keep us on the on the on the fringe and and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't but you, you definitely always have to listen to what's happening and what people are doing so you can kind of get a better understanding and a better feel for where the market's going right so you never know for sure um, it's easy. It's easy to look back, like you were talking about the Fed earlier. It's easy for them to look back and give you stats. I wish it was that easy to go forward. Um, but then again, I'm glad it's not, because then what fun would it be? Uh, but it, it's it's very much the same concept, though. You're looking forward, trying to get, grasp what's going to happen and where money's going to come from, because it's going to change, and what's going to happen to the dollar, and what's the world economy going to do? There's so many things, and. I, I, it's, it's hard to keep it simple with so many moving parts. And there seem to be more moving parts today than there were six months ago because of COVID and all of the things that have happened since. So um, I'm excited to see what happens. It's going to be interesting for sure. I think the other part of it too right now is uh, there's a lot of SBA funding out there from a 7A perspective that a lot of people are applying for. Uh, they're more or less backed by the bank and some part by the SBA. Uh, they're talking about giving you six months where the SBA actually pays for your interest and principal for the first six months. Now, how many of these are actually going to go out and are people going to get them or not? Who knows? But um, those are some areas that we are definitely looking at and different banks, because of their different profiles that they have and exposure out there, are doing different things with those types of products. So I think from a government standpoint, there's definitely some help that's, uh, that's, been, that's been made available. It's been interesting how they've changed the um, criteria a little bit as the PPP and some of these other programs to further illustrate that 
the government has no idea what they're doing. And I think people need to understand that because they keep looking to them for answers. They don't have answers. All they're doing is barking orders. And I mean they're barking orders. Like you just said, they, they, they're shutting down bars and restaurants in the state of Texas. I don't care if it's warranted or not. They're barking orders to shut down. Okay? that's You've just limited somebody's income potential. You've limited their opportunity to create revenue. You have created a situation that makes it difficult for them to feed their family. Now, it could be justified or not. I, that's not what I'm getting at, though. What I'm looking at is just how there is less and less opportunity that keeps happening more and more by regulation and now by pandemic and, and a few other things. I'm very curious to know that you, what, what your guys' thought is on this next uh, question, which is going to be layered in with what I just said. So take the PPP, take some of the government programs, and they don't really know what's going on. So the, the, the Paycheck Protection Program essentially was a can kicker. They just kicked the can down the road for three, six months or eight or eight weeks or whatever it was. And the way I look at it, and I'd like this is what I'd like to get your opinion on. I believe that they said, we don't know what's going on, and it's probably not going to rectify till next year. But we can't have 80 million people going to the unemployment office at the same time. What if we just give the money to the banks? The banks can give it to their biggest people that need it. They can do they can do the payroll protection thing. That way those businesses can be the satellite unemployment offices for eight weeks or whatever the case is. And then now, when does it expire here? Uh, June thirtieth, July thirty first. So we got another month. July thirty first is when the PPP I think extend ex- expires. So my my guess is in August and September, if they don't change some things, you're gonna have about thirty million people filing for unemployment. Um, which will be a second wave. And then you're going to have healthcare uh, industry is going to be up in arms because all of a sudden 30 million people without healthcare and all kinds of different problems. But just your thought on the PPP kind of becoming uh, satellite unemployment offices because at the end of the day, they really don't have an answer yet. That was a lot. You like that? No. No, I, I, I go back to the very first thing when you, you started that and, and you spoke to the, the, the bars in Texas being shut down. How, what is going to happen to those people, the employees and the owners? I, I can't imagine what they're going through right now. And that's, it's not a, I don't know how big that industry is here in Texas. Do you, Emron? No, I mean, there, there's got to be, I mean, I we employ people in restaurants and, you know, I've kept all my people working yeah uh, but i know a lot of people that that aren't able to do that you know but at the end of the day from a ppp standpoint and everything like that you know i think the bigger thing the bigger problem is that we're looking to the government for this stuff uh, you know i could kind of think about you know jfk's quote on that and you know why aren't people changing their habits too right right and but you know why aren't people you know when you, you there's no savings right you know people would rather be driving around the, in a flashy car and spending their money on the new iPhone, right? And, you know, rather than, you know, saving a couple bucks for a rainy day, I think, you know, the government is kind enough to be able to provide PPP and things of that nature for companies, for, you know, for folks. But in reality, I kind of, I think about, 
a self-responsibility from that standpoint too, right? I mean, what Brandon was saying earlier of, hey, you know what? When things were bad, I, I put the money that I made back into the company, right? That, that to me sounds responsible. Um, you know, these folks that don't do that and take the big bonuses and things of that nature, you know, what does that create? It creates a habit-forming setup that, you know, requires some sort of bailout or some sort of PPP money or whatever it is. You know, is that the government's responsibility? Well, that's what I just... I'm trying to figure, I'm trying to figure out how a pandemic's the government's responsibility well, still. I don't understand right. it. It doesn't make sense. None of this shit makes sense to me. Um, and it hasn't. And, and I have been very against it. I still am. All of the shutdowns. But at the same time, if, if we're going to do it, let's get it and get it right. Let's get it to the point where it's manageable. And obviously what we did wasn't that wasn't good enough. And so here we are. Um, and I say that at the same time, I don't think anyone still really understands everything that needs to be understood about this virus to, to be able to not get it. Um, you know, people think if they wear their mask and wear gloves, they're fine. Well, if somebody coughs in the same room you're in and your eyes aren't covered, yeah, there's a possibility you're going to get sick if they have it. Yeah, it doesn't take much. Um, wow. So I, I don't know. I, I just I, I look at this and look at the look forward, and I don't think it's going to be pretty. Um, but I don't think it's going to be that bad either. It, it, if if everyone in the country becomes unemployed a year later, we'll be halfway back to where we are today. I just it is just how we are. It, 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 at some point. People will quit worrying about everything else and all the stupid things you see in the media today, and they will worry about survival, and that will change the tone significantly if we get to that point. Um, I don't think we're there yet. No, I don't either, and that's why I, I, you know, I'm glad you guys are having this conversation because this is a tough one to have. You know, you guys are just starting the stuff down in Texas. I've just went through it since May. We've had shutdowns in my neck of the woods since May. Uh, I was talking to a guy the other day. He's uh, he owns one of those trampoline parks. Are you guys familiar with the trampoline parks? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So anyway, last last year June, he billed one hundred eighty thousand was his revenue for the month. This month, fifteen thousand. That's what I and, yeah. and and we're back open again. And so my point is, is that we're the government might have took care of the employees and the paychecks. I'm just wondering about the car dealership who needs to sell a hundred cars to break even, you know, and and the and the builder who's got to sell a couple homes and a few other things because there are a lot of businesses out there like yourself. You've got trucks and you've got gold mines and you've got you've got actual hard costs outside of employees. Uh, that that them. that's the part that I'm worried about is just that whole element of it, you know. It's and it's hard to, to see the future of that. I, it's it's obviously if it's un, if it's unmanageable, not manageable, then then something's got to give. Maybe a bankruptcy. Uh, maybe you, you sell off some equipment. Um, you know, it's it's hard. Uh, it's hard. It's hard for my seat because I have it in, in, in a lot of different directions uh, from oil price, gas prices. I have field the whole field right now that's negative. We're having to write checks just to keep it all going. Um, and cash flow wise and you know i've shut in all the wells but six so it's not it's not like i have much room to go there um but it's still the fixed cost from uh from from those wells the pumper the electricity um and water hauling that alone exceeds the revenue every month by 
um, a pretty large number. Uh, so it's it's just one of those you have to be prepared for these kinds of times, and I don't think most people are. Um, I certainly wasn't to the level I wanted to be, but we're still going and still here. Um, but going on a go forward, you know, it's it, we've been in, in buy mode and, and trying to do new things, and we're not going to stop that because there's still activity happening, and it's not quite as much as it was before, but there's less people out there looking for it. So um, there, there's great opportunities right now, and I think that's going to continue, and I think that every time that people in general, and I'm putting us all in the same bucket because we are, um, are, are tested that you, you get stronger, you learn, and you come forward with new ideas that make things better. Like you spoke about last week um, with uh, Microsoft and Apple and, and that whole era. Like, there, there's big things coming, and they're going to be really cool and really good. It's just, it's just hard to see it because of all of the things that we're looking at every day right now. Emron, I'd like to ask you a similar question. You know, Brandon, he's a little bit more of a, a go, go-getter, get-it-done type of a thing. You seem like you're a little more calculated and reserved. Not that you're not calculated, Brandon, but some, sometimes I think you, <laughs> you, you you might have a little more passion ahead of your, you know, type of the thing, whereas Emron, you seem like you might be a little bit more uh, thick before you, you step type of a thing. I could be wrong, just going off first impressions here, but... Uh, t- talk to me a little bit about pretty close. Yeah. Well, I guess that's, that's the only way I keep Brandon in line. <laughs> well, because I'm I'm very similar. I was a lot like Brandon, and then I had to kind of force myself to not be as uh, what's the word uh, cantankerous, boisterous, flamboyant, ostentatious. You name it, I've been called it. So I've had to, I've had to tame it down a little bit. But talk to me about managing opportunity. That's what the question I really wanted to get to is. There are a lot of opportunities out there, almost too many. Boy, do you want to invent an app that'll change the world? Go do it because you can. So there's a lot, and that's just, you know, outside of oil and gas. There's all kinds of, I I interviewed a guy yesterday. He's got big opportunity in mining Bitcoin. So there you go. There's another opportunity. Uh, Emron, talk to me about managing opportunities since you seem like you try to manage Brandon's opportunities a little bit. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how good of a job I do with that, but you know, the biggest part that I that I feel with the changing times is you have to restructure and focus on the current ways of working. Uh, you know, that's a that's a big focus. Once you figure that out, you have to look at the future, and you have to look at a year out, five years out, and figure out best case scenario what you can do with that. From our side of things, a lot of what we've been looking at is doing partnerships that make more sense in today's times. We're looking at being able to put together assets that are less risky, uh, just because currently the way things are set up, folks don't want to just get money, invest money, and, and wait for a return You know, five years from now. They're looking for more income-based or income-driven type of returns to where they can put their money in and they can have some sort of income that can come out of it on a regular basis. So based on that, our strategies has changed a little bit too. We see quite a few deals out there all the time. Uh, based on what we're seeing, we've been looking at more calculated risks these days, trying to figure out a way to be able to get in and go through finding deals that are covered by majors, finding deals that have you know more diversity, you know, rather than buying 100% of one asset, 
you have opportunities to be able to buy five or ten percent of each asset and and buy ten to twenty of them. Uh, things of that nature is what we're what we're looking to do and 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 how we're how we're refocusing on things. Wrapping up your final thoughts for the week. Anything we left out? Anything that we want to reiterate? Or maybe you got a good chili recipe. Who knows? Uh, I'd like to give guests the final thoughts. So, uh, floor is yours, guys. I think that uh, overall, you know, we talked a little bit about a lot of different topics. Uh, one of the things that just resonates in my mind is just that idea of responsibility. Um with the big bonuses and the big companies and, you know, how, how people do the work that they're doing out there, I don't know if that's always going to be the option uh, as we move forward. I really think that larger companies that are out there that need to be doing the right work, yeah, sure, the, the, the CEOs and large, large groups of uh, higher-up management need to get paid, but, you know, they need to have some sort of skin in the game. Uh, I think that's really, really important. Um, you know, government is definitely there, and I think they've been doing what they can from a PPP side, EIDL, all these different things that are out there. But overall, I think we've got our own responsibility to make sure that we're being careful and, and taking the money to be able to, to make more money rather than just taking it, you know, just because it's available. I go back to a conversation you and I had in, in March, and that was – a long time ago, it seems like a years ago, um, <laughs> but I think that patience and calmness are going to be very crucial for the future going forward because everything is going to be a little bit different. And Clay, all the way down to walking in my office with a damn mask on, um, I'm, I have to be. I, I I told them they would have to kick me out of the building the first day, and then. They gave me guilty looks the second day and the third day I wore a mask. So it's like, all right, I'm not that big of a deal for me to wear a mask for 100 yards. Um, but, you know, it, it's frustrating. But at the same time, I also want to keep moving forward. And if I'm fighting everything coming at me, then I can't. And so um, patience, calmness, and a lot more understanding than usual. And I think a lot of people have that right now and have had it for, for a good period of time. And I think part of what the whole media conversation we had earlier and yet, yeah, and last week and every time I go anywhere, people are just talking about how they can't handle watching the news anymore. Uh, but I think if you, they're taking advantage of that and uh, they're, they're taking it to an extreme. And I, I think that at some point, at some point it's going to crack and it's going to be ugly from a backlash standpoint. Um, but I hope not, and I hope everyone stays calm and um, is ha has the same level of understanding they have right now because it's it's not easy. Everything is really hard right now. It's 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 hard to go work out. I have to go into work. I have to wear a mask into the gym, wear a mask between changing out, doing things at the gym. Um, it's just everything's hard, and we're still doing it though. We're still doing it, I, with the exception of the bar thing. Everything else is still moving forward, and it's it's safer and cleaner. And I don't know if it's really going to make a difference at the end of the day with with the way this virus gets spread. But um, it's definitely been an, an educational period for me, the most in my life, the last three months. And um, I'm sure that the the rest, the rest of this year going forward, it's only going to get bigger and, and and more interesting. 